I'd like to use the reading that Julie just read to us from Philippians as a launching board for some thought today. Uh, while the reading really focuses on the person of Jesus who emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and offered himself even to death on a cross, um, I'd like to turn this around on us and uh, put the, the onus, the burden on us. Um, Jesus, in this picture, in this story of his self-emptying, is also the perfect picture of the heart totally, the heart totally melted in love for others. And I want to suggest to you that um, that's an issue for every one of us in here, is how much our heart has been softened. The gospel is the great softening agent. And so often when we understand in Jesus first loving us, that he loved us particularly and individually by name, we have kind of a heart meltdown and say, Lord, you love me that much? And uh, it begins a journey into love and the greater fullness of love. But if you are like me, hardened heart is still an issue. And it's whatever part of that heart just has not become malleable yet and given over to total other love. So I'd like to use Philippians and just uh, uh, reflect a little bit with you on these verses beginning before the reading today, beginning in the first chapter. Uh, and consider this, that Paul had that heart-melting encounter. And he too may have been working on some hardened elements still there, but this is a man of, 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 if you will, a pure and righteous heart. He is actually in some sort of, uh, he's under house arrest at a minimum. Uh, he's, uh, he's confined there for at least two years, we know, in his, the story of his own life for preaching the gospel. So this is not the hardship of prison that he later does endure when he writes Second Timothy, but when he writes the letter to the church in Philippi, he is under house arrest, so he doesn't have any movement. He's giving up a lot uh, because he has none of his freedoms anymore. And just in that context, think of how he leads off in this reading in, uh, to the church, uh, this church in Philippi that he established. I thank my God every time I remember you. These are the ones he brought the gospel of Jesus to. Uh, not so many Jews, uh, almost all Gentiles. Philippi was one of the few cities that Paul went to where there was no synagogue to go preach to the Jews first. Uh, this was primarily a Gentile enclave. In fact, it was a, a major retirement community of Roman military who, for their retirement, uh, this was a border town, and so they would provide kind of a volunteer defense as need be on the edges of the empire, but mostly enjoyed retirement uh, from their career as uh, Roman uh, soldiers. It was a city of affluence. The Ignatian Way, that great Roman road that went from east to west, went right through the center of the city. And so it was a big commercial town with lots of economic wealth and prosperity. And Paul had an impact there. And uh, these folks had come to faith in this God of, of uh, life and love who sent Jesus. And so he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day unto now. And then he talks about this process, if I can, just within the context of today, of that, that movement of the hardened heart to the totally softened heart, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, until the day that Jesus returns, or until the day you go to Jesus the rest of your life. Being confident of this, that he who began the good work of heart softening. 
will carry it on to complete heart softening before the end. And so he says this later in this first chapter. So this is my prayer. This is Paul. He says, so this is my prayer, that your love, think of the, the heart of love, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge, understanding what it means to be, have a heart of love, in depth of insight to be a follower of Jesus, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. And what is best in purity and blamelessness, this idea of a life wholly given over for the sake of others, like Jesus himself. So that's a, a backdrop to getting to the second chapter when we hear this extraordinary um, hymn of celebration of the person of Jesus. But a little back before the reading of today, chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 1. Uh, Paul, again, with excitement about this group of converts who really have grown in the faith. It could be us he's talking about, this group of converts who have really grown in the faith. And he says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... So this celebration and acknowledgement of so much good that has happened in these people's hearts and lives, uh, being united with Christ, comforted with His love, enjoying fellowship with the Holy Spirit and all the implications of that, the tenderness and compassion that grows with that softening heart that becomes more and more us, He then has a qualifier, then make my joy complete by being what? By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. I think that like-minded is a trip-up phrase. Um, it's probably a little bit hard to translate from the Greek. It's often translated like-minded, hyphenated. But what does it mean? Because if it means that we are all to agree all the time on everything, that's not very practical, nor does it sound very helpful. Have you ever had a discussion, for example, with what color we should paint the room. And there are five people who have an investment in this. And somebody said, well, I think it should be light blue. And I said, no, 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 dark blue. You ever have one of these discussions in your family? Or maybe it's mom and dad with the children. Where shall we go to eat tonight? Um, McDonald's? No way. Zaxby's? Well, possibly. What's the new restaurant out here? Mel Mellow Mushroom? Okay, Maybe. And so that kind of, that is not what Paul is talking about here when he says, make my joy complete. He's talking about some pretty high stakes here. He said, if you really want, you know, I'm here in, under house arrest. I have very limited movement. All I can do is write a letter out to you. I'm so excited for what God is doing in your life. But if you want to make my joy complete, if you want to bring it home, do it by being like-minded about how we love by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose being like-minded and being one in spirit and purpose and having the same love as Jesus has for you and that's when he comes to this glorious and beautiful hymn that we think maybe Paul did not write this hymn he found it out there in the Christian community and he embedded it here, here in this letter. 
it doesn't matter whether he wrote it or someone else. It is, in the Greek, it, it's very obviously a poetic, a, a wonderful poem of celebration of the person of Jesus. Uh, but he says, your attitude, your like-mindedness, in other words, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then there's a reminder, well, what did that look like? Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, just going to clutch and cling and hold on to my to the, 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 my authority and my glory, Jesus says, just the opposite. Uh, we sometimes tend to clutch and hold on and cling to things that give us status or position or uh, establish us in some right way. And saying, Jesus, let all that go. Did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but made himself nothing. I mean, this is the glory of God becoming a human being. That's quite a step downward, in other words made himself nothing, taking the very nature, not only of a human being, taking the very nature of a servant. So a human being, that's a big step down from the Godhead, if you will. But not only a human being, it's not a human being with rights and status, not the CEO, the president, the head chief, but becoming like a servant. And then it goes even further. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death. So a human being, yes, a servant, yes, a servant unto death, yes. And then Paul puts the final mark on this in terms of the, 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 uh, the movement Jesus made all the way down, even death on a cross. Because a person who was executed by the cross was executed as the most horrendous and awful kinds of persons uh, that was the, a cross of humiliation and shame. It was meant to be shameful and embarrassing. Men stripped and then beaten and then nailed to a cross because they were worthless. I mean, they were the shame, the scourge of humanity. That's Jesus who's come from the heights of heaven and descends through his humanity, through his servant humanity, through his willingness to die humanity, for his willingness to die ashamed humiliated victim on the cross and Paul says I'd love for you to be like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose as Jesus was like-minded and had the same love and was one in spirit and purpose with the God of love the father of love our father in heaven And then there's a wonderful therefore in this wonderful hymn. Therefore, what's the therefore? Therefore, we are taught to ask as we read through the New Testament. Paul loves the word therefore. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So in his willingness to be totally other-centered, to lose himself completely for the sake of others, it actually ends and results in his complete and fullest exaltation and glorification as the Lord of life and love, as the King of kings, but the King of love, the ruler of the universe, yes, but the ruler of the universe of love. And so Paul says that in that exalted position, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The knees of heaven, angels, and all the communion of saints the needs of those on earth, you and me, 
and the needs of those under the earth, speaking of the spiritual dark powers in that three-tier universe of, of that, that, that worldview, that every knee will bow to this kind of love. So, Paul then says in verse 12, Therefore, <laughs> what's the therefore, therefore? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is 